Welcome to the 65th episode of the Young Turfs Podcast. This is your host, Mason Viner. And your co-host, Jordan Viner. And we got a big podcast today. Dave LaMonico will be on with us to talk football, basketball recruiting, and a look at this year's basketball team with Dave. He had some good insights of what he's been hearing from basketball. Of course, we got the non-rev report and a huge Terrapin rundown along with Terps in the pros today. And before we get to the Terrapin rundown, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource. Allied Party Rentals has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you are looking for. Wayne from Terp Talk, as he told us on the last podcast, has known Donnie at Allied since 1995. Allied is located in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire DMV. Contact Allied today for a no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown. I want to kick things off here with men's soccer. They had a thrilling defeat of uh, PSU Penn State last night in two overtimes. Good win for the Terps, but they have a huge next game at Michigan on Sunday which could be a very important one deciding their fate on the NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament, Big Ten seeding. Last night that game was featured on BTN, and I caught a little bit at the beginning when Maryland was up at 2-1, to one, and then the whole end, the whole end of the first 90, and then both overtimes. Man, Maryland needed that game. We've seen so many defeats this year, like the Wisconsin one that's now affecting where they stand in terms of Big Ten tournament. They just needed to get that win, and they got it. Paul Ben with the game winner from the top of the 18-yard box. Just great game that the Terps really just, again, they really needed to win, and they got it for once. Yeah, with that, well, they throttled, throttled Ohio State over the weekend. They beat Penn State. They're trying to put some momentum together. Yeah, Hopefully the, they can take it somewhere. The commentators kept on saying it's great to see that Maryland seems to be putting things together in terms of an offense, in terms of just – where they are now compared to the beginning of the season, they're just they're so far ahead. They've made strides, and that's what you expect out of Sasho and the coaching staff. Hopefully it's not too late for them. Field hockey is kind of sitting and waiting right now as they wait to play Indiana or Michigan State in the quarterfinal of the Big Ten tournament. I mean, they're probably going to win, let's be honest. Yeah, you got the winner of the 8-9 game between Indiana and Michigan State. That game is at is on Friday in College Park, and then the Terps will take on the winner on Sunday. Just waiting, I guess. Volleyball is still 3-9. and 13-9. Play oh, sorry. 13-9. Yeah. They're not horrible. 13-9. and nine. And they will play number 6, Illinois, on Wednesday. Don't have super high hopes, but you never know. One of these games. One of these games. One, Todd, one Todd of these keeps games. on saying it. Todd keeps on saying it. One of these games, they'll get a win. I'm pretty sure they got one over a top 10 team last season. It's just they have so much talent. There's so much talent. By the end of these, the current freshmen and sophomores, by the time they're juniors and seniors, we should see a successful volleyball team on the court. Sounds like you're talking about football there. They've been growing uh, pretty pretty similar teams. I mean, volleyball's been able to recruit just like football did, get 
great players in, but they're just young now. And volleyball might seem like a pretty simple sport, but it's not. I never said it was. Um, our newest addition to the non-rev report, women's basketball preseason, ranked number seven nationally, a consensus number one pick in the Big Ten. They are an interesting team this year. Yeah, we got a few players coming off of injury. Blair Watson coming off the ACL that she suffered in January. And then there's some newcomers for Brenda Freeze. They reeled in three four-star and above recruits, one five-star. This year, they have the potential to get back to the Final Four, win the Big Ten. It should be better than last year. They will return their top five scoring players and have a few players that are in All-American contention. So for Brenda Freeze and company, it's they're going to get back to that top-tier level. Well, a lot of people, including myself, were quite questioning if Brenda still had it, especially after Destiny Slogan left a couple years ago. And if she can right the ship and get back to the Final Four, then she can prove us all wrong. I really hope she does. Well, Brenda, and that just staff in general, I mean, they've lost some assistance. It just Last year, it didn't look good. That's pretty much the bottom line. But this year, we're right back to that point where Maryland women's basketball is in the top 10, and they're supposed to be a strong Final Four contender. I would just, I really would love to see Maryland, and I know this is way in the future, get into the tournament and beat a UConn or a Notre Dame and get to the championship game. Well, Mississippi State proved it was possible, so you know what? Let's, let's try to go for it. Yeah, Mississippi State proved it was possible. South Carolina did. Just, it, it's doable, and Maryland's done it once in the past. I would love to see it happen again. Now on to the rundown, not out of the non-rev zone. Maryland Hoops ranked 30th in Ken Palm and 31st in the AP poll on the men's side. I was kind of expecting us to actually be Reno ranked, but I'm not going to complain too much about it. I think it's a fair assessment given the unproven talent on the team. The Maryland Board of Regents met for seven hours yesterday to discuss the results of the investigation into the Maryland football's in air quotes, toxic culture, and we'll meet again Thursday to continue that discussion. So this meeting yesterday was on the calendar, you know, in January, beginning of the year, and wasn't supposed to focus on this, but it, of course, did. And now on Thursday, they're going to meet again to try to wrap up what's going on here. And I think we're all looking forward to seeing what they find. And let's hope it's not nothing bad, I guess. Terrapin legend Dick Modulewski passed away this past Saturday. He was 87 years old. Modulewski played for the Terps from 1949 to 1952. During the course of that time, he was an All-American in 1951 and 52, and Maryland won the national championship during his time, along with him being an All-American, an Outland Trophy winner. I mean, he was just a great player. Yes, he was. He went on to have a long and successful NFL career playing for the Redskins, where he was drafted, the Detroit Lions, the New York Giants, the Cleveland Browns. He was named to one Pro Bowl, two All-Pro teams, and was twice the NFL leader in safeties. He also coached for five different NFL teams, making it as high as a defensive coordinator two times. He is survived by his wife of 64 years, 
Dorothy Jane and his two children. It's a sad day for all Terps, but we have to keep moving on here. So on to the Terps and the pros. The Carolina Terrapins, featuring DJ Moore, Torrey Smith, and Jermaine Carter. Moore had an okay performance as he caught three of the five passes that he was targeted on for 29 yards. Torrey Smith continues his strong streak as he had four grabs on six targets for 61 yards, including a 35-yard bomb from Cam Newton. And Jermaine Carter played 73% of special team snaps and recorded one tackle. Jordan, how'd you get 73% of the snaps? Hey, Football Outsiders has it all listed on how much percentage everybody plays. Very helpful for anyone who's really into statistics. Torrey Smith, though, seems to be getting in good with Cam Newton, which is good for his future in Carolina. Yes, it is. Maybe he can stay somewhere more than a year. I mean, it seems like he went from the 49ers to the Eagles. Well, he was with the 49ers for a while, but these, yeah, last year with the Eagles and now trying to find a long-term home to kind of finish out his career, I guess. Well, he's only 20, well, he's, it seems like only, but he's been in the league for nine years, but it's just, he's now 29 years old. Still has the speed to, to make it in the NFL, so, yeah, hopefully he'll stick around there. Vernon Davis did not have a target on his 27 snaps for the Redskins, who beat the Cowboys 20-17. Woo, woo. Woo. Sean Davis and DHB on bye with the Steelers, as was Quentin Jefferson with the Seahawks. Darius Kilgo back to being inactive with the Titans this week as they took their trip out to London and went for two at the end of the game. That was a weird choice, but I kind of respect it. Anyway, this anyway, Darius Kogo is back on the inactive. Not particularly good news. You know, he's on a roster. I'll, I'll, he, he, at least he's making it. He's not on the practice squad. And he's on the roster. He's still getting the game checks, I guess. Dexter McDougal is back in the league with the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was thrown straight into the fire. He had two tackles and played 81% of the snaps. So, off the street and into the game. Yeah, you don't see it very often. 81% after not being in the team the week before. Man, the Eagles have secondary problems. Stefan Diggs caught eight passes, but only for 33 yards. That's, that's interesting. Stefan's kind of been... Actually, he is a guy who, it seems like every time he touches the ball, it's on a deep ball or just for a considerable amount of yards this time, did not work out that way, sadly, for my fantasy team, too. Yeah, he he also had two rushes for negative seven yards. I guess they're playing with how to use him, but that was a weird stat line for Stefan Diggs. Yeah, Yannick Ngakwe plays 50 snaps and did not get a stat. Yeah, the Jaguars are imploding, and unfortunately, he seems to be kind of going down with the ship right now. J.C. Jackson played 38% of the snaps, Recorded one tackle and a pick. And for that pick, he earns the Terp of the Week kind of by default this time. Yeah, a lot of guys on bye. And we continue with Terps and the pros with the NBA side of things. Kevin Herter played in three games last week. And, well, it wasn't too hot for him. Well, he didn't play a ton the first couple of games. But on Sunday against the Cavs, he played 25 minutes. Went three for eight from the field, but also went three for five from deep. So, good? Yeah, Alex Len continuing with the, I guess, the NBA side of the Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Hawks. He had he started off the season on with a 7.4 rebound, two assists, and one block game. 
and then he followed it up with nine points, grabbing four rebounds. So he's been pretty solid. Yeah, and then last week, also against the Cavs, he had a triple, not triple-double, excuse me, a double-double, 16 points and 11 rebounds. He's getting to work in, but also I forgot to mention, Kevin Herter also grabbed 10 rebounds in the game against the Cavs. Okay. And then, of course, we have the kind of out-of-nowhere starter for a former Terrapin, Jake Lehman. Jake Lehman is starting. Can I get an amen, Mason? Yes, you can, and shout-out to the guy that works at the Portland Trailblazers team store because he told us that Jake Lehman would end up starting. Yeah, he did. Nice guy. Um, he's is starting, but he's not playing a ton. He's only in the teens with minutes in all of his games, and he is not scoring as much as he needs to. And that's going to be a wrap for the full rundown. And now, well, I guess for the next, I don't know, how many weeks left in the NFL season? Nine at the least? Well, there's nine in the playoffs, which I assume Stefan Diggs, and, and all likelihood at this point, Vernon Davis will be in. And Darius and maybe the Pan- And maybe the Panthers, too, so... Yeah, so for the next for a long time, it's going to be the duel, Terps and the Pros with the NBA and NFL. But now it's time to get to the main course for the day, Dave Lamonico. But before that, a new sponsor on the Young Terps. Welcome to MD Eurocars. They will be joining us as a sponsor here on the Young Terps. When you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than Maryland Eurocars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Eurocars. Christian and his team know their way around. Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and much more. Always friendly, courteous, honest, along with being an extra clean shop. Maryland Eurocars is the best place to take your prized automobile, and they are the most reasonably priced shop in town. They are located in Rockville. You can call them at 301 217-5831. Ask for Christian at 301-217-5831 and tell them that the Young Terps sent you. Jordan, I was over at MD Eurocars the other day and they had a full-on Bentley engine out in the shop and it was just cool. They're fixing the starter on it. Well, you definitely don't see that very often. I wish I could have been there for that one. Yeah, it was was quite cool. I've had some personal experience with Christian over there. Just a great place. Um, Really nice shop, really really good people on top of it all. That's all you can ask for with a car shop is they do good work and they're nice to you. They got my vote. Yeah, they got mine too. And now on to Dave Lamonico. Now we welcome in on the podcast Dave Lamonico from Terrapin Times. Dave, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys? So we're going to chat a little bit of football just for a minute because there's not much to talk about from Saturday. Then we're going to talk about some basketball recruiting and then some things that Dave's looking for in the upcoming Maryland basketball season. Dave, let's get into it. Maryland doesn't put up a point against Iowa, but some interesting stats. And the first one is Ty Johnson only gets the ball two times. Right, right. Um, Yeah, I think it was just on kick. Did he even get any touches in the first half? I think it was just kick returns, right? I mean, it was, uh, (laughs) um, I I guess uh, the, Canada blamed that on just he said he tried to get it to him a couple times and it just didn't work out one was the bad snap that Brendan Moore had um and you know um, I think he ended up with what four carries for for I don't know 15 yards or something for that for the whole game and a couple of catches for two yards so um yeah it was a little perplexing coming off his 132 game, yard game against Rutgers um he's uh beside McFarland he's your most explosive explosive player and they weren't able to get him the ball but then again the offense didn't have the ball 
Um, you know, they only had the ball for a handful of snaps the entire first half. Um, so, you know, there wasn't a ton of opportunities for anyone to really get the ball. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> poor performance all the way around. Well, we've been talking for a while on the podcast about Maryland's possession numbers, and they really came back to bite us, I feel like, in Iowa City. We only had the ball for 20 minutes versus Iowa, almost 41. I don't know if they'll be concerned more in future games, but that was not that was concerning to see, I guess, in this game at least. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jordan. You sort of faded in and out there a second. What was the question? It was something about time possession. What, what about that? Yeah, we were – well, Mason and I have been talking about time possession for a while now, and it seemed like the Cali finally caught up to us in this game in that we only had the ball for about 19 minutes while Iowa had the ball for 41. I don't know if that's concerning for you, but it definitely is for us. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the offense hasn't held the ball all season. I mean, that's that they're, I think, are they last in the, the Big Ten, I think, and one of the last in uh, the FBS in time possession. I mean, Maryland can't sustain drives. That, that's, I mean, that, that falls on the quarterback, uh, Kasim Hill, and, um, you know, uh, Canada has a bad to, to get anything going there. Not sure it's totally his fault. I think Hill is just hasn't been able to pick up the offense. He's obviously had some mental aggressions. Um, we've heard he's healthy. Um, maybe he's still feeling a bit of ind- uh, lingering effects from that ACL, but, you know, um, you got to get your quarterback, um, you know, humming there or else you're going <laughs> to – or teams are just going to stack the box and take away the running game because, you know, McFarland, Johnson, those guys aren't going to have anywhere to run. Plus, you know, the offensive line has been – I mean, I mean, Derwin Gray and Damian Prince played bad. Last one. I mean, they, the whole line did, but I mean, you got your two tackles. They're supposed to be NFL tackles, and they were bad. Um, you know that you have that happen. Plus, you got a quarterback that can't that can't deliver, and you're not going to hold the ball. So, um, you know, uh, you can talk about the receivers not stepping on the running backs all you want, but it starts with the quarterback and the line, and then that's what's got to get that's what's got to change there. So, yeah, that's definitely a concern, especially against not against a team like Illinois. I mean, Illinois is like Rutgers. I mean, Maryland's going to look good in this game unless Maryland. It regresses um, a, a big time. They're, they're going to uh, – Maryland's going to look good in this game. But the concerning is when they play Michigan State, when they play Ohio State, and even when they play Indiana a little bit. So um, that's, those, those are going to be concerning matchups. So, and this is a completely an opinion question. Saturday night, Purdue beats Ohio State pretty convincingly. Jeff Brom's only been around for – was it? It's three years, right? Yeah. Maryland's now in three years of the DJ Durkin, Matt Kanda era, and we're still not seeing really competitive games against the top teams. Is that reason for concern? Is that just where we are as a program compared yeah, to sure. a Purdue? No, 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 sure. I mean, uh, it falls on it falls on coaching, I mean, big time. So it's like you've you got to look at it like when, um, when Michigan State started building up. And even what Michigan State does now, um, they're getting, you know, they were not getting top four-star recruits there were some michigan still getting all the top guys but michigan state was like okay we're going to get those solid second third tier um maybe high mid mid three-star guys and we're going to have them we're going to put them in role we're going to put them in roles where they can succeed and we're going to coach them up and they're going to become four-star guys maryland's getting some solid recruits in there but they haven't you know um they haven't the key areas have not developed yeah you've got your receivers that have developed and the skill players and things like that the linemen have not really the, the, the key the, the trenches you got to have your trench guys develop and yeah okay you got jesse anabon you got some pass rushers that have come through but you know they haven't consistently had 
entrenchment that have developed. They haven't been able to get that. The DMV is not strong in terms of linemen, so you know they haven't been able to coach those guys up to get to the level to compete with um, those top teams there. And that's really what the issue is. And the other thing is the quarterback. They haven't had, you know, I mean, uh, C.J. Brown was all right. He did a serviceable job, but they haven't had a, a solid quarterback in years. So I mean, you, you take you take lack of trenchment or quality depth there i should say there, there's there's some solid ones i mean obviously brendan moore has been a solid player of his career but quality depth and a lack of quarterback play and you're going to struggle um purdue has been able to coach up their guys and they've been able to find ways to scheme ahead a little bit now who knows if it's going to you know continue but they're doing well this year so well before we move on to our i guess sort of basketball preview segment here I see the recruiting hot boards have some new targets. Do you want to talk about those guys, Dave? Uh, for, for basketball or football? Uh, sorry, I meant football. Oh, for football. Um, I, I don't know if I've really added anybody new. I know uh, Caleb Botang, the, uh, the, um, the Florida offensive lineman, three-star guy out of Fort Lauderdale, uh, he took his official visit to Maryland and seems to, you know, it seems like he's going to end up committing – uh, we, we, we would think. I think the last time I talked to you guys, we were pretty sure that Brett Seeder, the tight end, was going to commit, and that looks like it's now one hole. We'll have to see what happens with that one. But Botang, it looks like, um, you know, he had a great time up here on his official visit. Still looking to maybe see Cincinnati, but um, looks to be trending in the Terps' direction. So he looks like the one short-fire guy that's going to be joining, which is good because they need an offensive tackle or an offensive lineman in general since they haven't had – they don't have any in this class since Parker Moore decommitted a little while ago. Um, but besides that, there's not a there's not a ton of new additions. They're still looking at Dino Tomlin, the cornerback out of the Pittsburgh area, Mike Tomlin's son. He might be an okay addition. He's not a bad player up there. Um, they might, you know, he's – He's sort of concentrating on his season right now. They might have to get him for an official visit. He visited before. Um, but beyond that, there isn't a whole lot going on. Brett Seeder just told me last night that, yeah, he's going to take an official visit to Maryland because, you know, he's from this area. Even though he's placed in Florida, he's lived here for the first 13 years of his life. So, um, but he also admitted that the coaches hadn't been talking to him as much. Um, that's Beatty and um, – and Bukar, uh, the tight ends coach, they haven't been talking to them as much as some other schools like TCU, Pitt, um, Michigan State, and he admitted that those were the schools that, that he was really looking at after they were pushing for him. So we're going to see what happens with that. Um, and UCF as well has been pushing for him. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the tight end there. Although, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't really consider that a huge loss because Maryland doesn't use the tight end anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, but beyond those two, there there isn't a whole lot of buzz right now in terms of Maryland football recruiting. So now on to the basketball side where things have been going well. Right. Last week, Marcus Dockery commits to Maryland. And I saw one thing in that interview that you did with the D.C. Premier coach that I really loved, and it was a get-in-your-face point guard. Can you explain the change of philosophy for Maryland to now get a guy that wants to be in your face compared to our guys that really haven't been that intense these past few years? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think he said it was he was having a little, little bit of a grave as basket to him, which was, um, you know, I, I guess that, that's good to hear. Um, you know, you need that, that, that kind of intense competitor, you know. I mean, I, I think that, that Anthony Callenberg brings a little bit of that. I mean, he's, he's pretty intense out there. But, yeah, you need a guy that, that, that's going to bring that, that, that passion and that. Um, you know, it depends how you're going to run your team. I mean, you know, I, I think they, they, they can have success with Callen, and, you know, they have obviously some success with a more subdued guy like Nelly Trimble. But, um, 
you know, it's, I, I don't really, I don't really see it as a, as a positive or negative, but I, I don't think it, like it's, I mean, that's, that's not, if you bring that passion intensity as long as you control it and, you know, um, you get after it on the floor, you know, some guys do it in different ways. If, if he does it by being a more vocal guy, then, um, you know, as long as he's able to control that, that should help Maryland. Um, and, and, you know, is able to do the other things like pass and shoot and, Obviously, handle the ball well, um, which is going to the Maryland's, uh, Maryland's uh, offense and defense. And I think that he's going to be more highly rated when the new rankings come out. He's only a top 150 guy right now. He'll be in the top 100 by the time the next rankings come out. He'll be a top guy. That he was probably going to explode this year at O'Connell. Um, remember, he played it up in the D.C. leagues. But when he gets to a place like O'Connell, um, you know, he's probably going to get more national recognition and he'll shoot right up the leaderboards there. Well, the other guy that we seem kind of hot on is Dante Scott from Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, recruit. What yeah, do you think you guys, about him? Yeah, if you guys get that, get this podcast out before PM, that'll be another Terps recruit that, that that's going to be on board. Um, he'll be committing to Maryland today at 4 p.m. That, that's what all signs point towards. Um, another kid, you want to talk about in your face guy. I always love watching Philly kids. Philly kids are known for their toughness and intensity. This kid out of Imitep, he has that demeanor. He's not. He's not a supreme athlete. Um, he's not gonna. He's not gonna light light up the gym or anything like that. But he is a um, he is a fierce competitor. He's tough. He's rugged. He plays rugged defense. He rips down rebounds. Um, you know, he can, he can finish in Scott, his side. He can score face up or back to the basket. Um, like I said, he you know runs the full foot pretty well. Um, you know, I, I, you know he's not he's not a four star five star athlete type. He's not gonna he's not gonna run the floor like a gazelle or jump out of the gym type of deal. But he's gonna get the job done. He's gonna be tough. And he's gonna bring that toughness and intensity. And he's gonna be with Maryland for four years, <laughs> which is what they need. That they need guys like that. Um, you know, still developing his three point shot. I think that's one thing he's got to get got to get better at is his outside game. He's um you know six six. Uh, 190 type up forward wing type sort of a tweener in a way, which is probably why he didn't have, um, you know, maybe the, the, the top schools coming after him. But, you know, Maryland, uh, that, that, I, he's, a, he's a good pickup. I, I like that one. So in these past, well, maybe not with Dockery, but with Scott, guys like Dante Scott or um, some of these past guys like a Lindo or a Trace Ramsey, we're starting to see guys that are going to be with Maryland for, more of the long run than right. just right now. Is that something that Turgeon and guys like Kevin brought us and that they're trying to do now, or are they still chasing the five stars and the four stars, the one and done, or are we just trying to get a mix? Right, right. I think mix is, mix is the, the right word for it, yes. I mean, they're, they're, going, they're going after the top guys, but the fact of the matter is they, they swung and missed on. There was way too many times in the past where they put all their aims in these baskets and they thought, you know, and, you know, we all know, okay, we know what happened with Diamond Stone. That was a different case. But, all, but some of the other guys, they, they put their, they put all their, their eggs in one basket. And, you know, so they, they sort of lagged off some of the guys that maybe some of the, the, the lower four-star guys that, that were maybe going to be around for years. And, and then when they, when they realized they were going to get the, they weren't going to get the, the top 25 five-star guy, then they're like, oh, crap, now we got to get back on this other guy and we got to push for him, but it was already too late at that point. That happened several times and they missed on guys. And then they're left, then they're left with, you know, <laughs> trying to, trying to 
get somebody late or get a uh, graduate transfer or something like that and having Smotrich or, or somebody to uh, or an Aaron Hall to sort of fill a fill a need or a void. So, yeah, I think it's they're still going to go after the five-star guys. They're still going to press for those guys, just like they're doing with Isaiah Tan, the, the, the kid that, that was playing with Team Mello in Baltimore. Um, from and he's from the area. Um, so yeah, they're still going to go after guys with that. But still go after the top one. If they're going after Earl Timberlake, the guy at Damatha. He's a top four, going to be a five-star guy. But they're also looking at you know filling up the class with with complementary pieces that you know maybe will give them something that they they didn't have, which is you know ruggedness, defense, rebounding, the little things that you know maybe doesn't attract an NBA scout right away, but is really going to help your college team win. So um, yeah, it's it's a mix. Exactly. So one more recruiting question before we move on to next season. Isaiah Todd swung by and visited Maryland about two weeks ago now. Do you hear anything good, any good news from that one? Um, yeah, I, I think I, I wrote, you know, the visit went well, as mom said. Um, he doesn't give a whole lot of interviews himself. His mom sort of is the one that, that's running that whole deal. And, you know, that they were a good time with, they, they enjoyed being around Coach Church and the rest of the staff. Um, he bonded well with the players. And he likes the year because he's, he's, he's from up here. Um, and his mom is too, um, you know, um, and he plays with Team Mellow. Um, and that's going to give, that's going to give Maryland a chance. But then this kid's going to – he's not someone that's going to commit right away. He's not going to pull Marcus Dockery and commit four days or two months after his official visit. He's He's got legitimate UNC and Kansas offers. He's waiting for Duke. He plays in North Carolina in their backyard. That's going to be a very tough pull. Even his mom says, like, yeah, we liked it, but, you know, it's, it's we're, taking, we're taking our time. So we're going to see what happens when – if North Carolina and Duke keep pushing for him and Kansas and schools like that, that's going to be – that's always tough. I think I said that last time. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Merrill left a good first impression, but we'll see how this one goes. So we're only, let's say, um, what is it today? Wednesday. We're only two days away from Maryland Madness, the actual or the more normal Maryland Madness this year. Any guys that you're hearing out of camp that are really standing out and making big-time impressions? Oh, uh, I'll be, I've, I've liked Eric Ayala for, for a long time. And um, I thought that, that he was a great pickup coming in here. He wasn't as highly rated as Wiggins or, or Stick Smith, who have also um, obviously Sticks is, you know, drawing rave reviews, but everybody knows about him. But Eric Ayala was a guy that I really like. He's got another – he's another one of those that plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, a guy that, you know, people question his ball handling, whether he can move to point guard and, and you know, things like that. And um, he's really um, – really has taken that he has that toughness factor he's very cerebral um very good passer he always heard him said he was the best passer on the team even ahead of anthony cowan so i think that that's gonna um you know him and him and dockery are going to be able to play off each other in a couple of years when uh when cowan when cowan graduates so um yeah he's he's left a left a huge impression i think on turgeon and the rest of the team um, yeah, and obviously Jalen Smith, we all know what he can do. Um, stepping out, so obviously added uh, 20 pounds of muscle, which is going to help. Um, he's still growing into his body a little bit. He's getting used to it. He, he told me that he's still getting used to playing with that extra weight, so we'll see how that, that goes. But um, he'll be fine, uh, Jalen, especially um, when it gets closer. As he gets a few games under his belt and gets closer to the conference play. And then the other guys are, you know, Lindo. I've heard, I've heard good things out, out of Lindo. Um, he's going to get four times this year. He's, he's, you know, he's really long. I saw him. We weren't able to interview him um, at media day, but, you know, he was there on the floor, and he, he's really long, good-looking good looking kid, really, um, you know, he's got to fill out a little bit. But, I mean, he can give some, people some problems on the perimeter guarding 
out there with it with his length, and we'll see if he can fill it up too. And um, you know, those are three of the guys that I've heard some I've heard some pretty good things about Wiggins. Uh, he can shoot. But we're we're going to see about Wiggins. I've heard you know he can shoot and things like that. I think he still needs to to refine himself a little bit more in some of the other areas of his game. But I mean, Wiggins is going to have to play a big role this year with Kevin Herter out, um, or uh, I've gone to the NBA with it with Atlanta. So um, you know, Wiggins is going to have to step up, and uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what he's able to do in these uh, this exhibition game that's coming up next week, and uh, and in the first game against Delaware. So we kind of seem like we finally have that backcourt depth, but the frontcourt depth seems to be a bit lacking this season. Who do you think is going to fill in the backup big man roles this season? Yeah, well, you hope that even Bender's healthy. I mean, people always forget about him, but he's key, especially with um, with a Harard not get there to, to at least eat some fouls and get like a couple of minutes a game and get a rebound or two. Um, so Bender's you're going to help he's healthy, and that, that's an if because he's only, so that's a big if that that needs to happen. Um, you know, for, for Maryland to, you know, at least give them some depth and some quality minutes. Um, Josh Jemais, we haven't really heard a whole lot of Josh Jemais. So <laughs> we'll have to see how that how, how he's developed and what he's been able to do since he showed some flashes last year. We'll see how he's developed. Haven't heard a whole lot about it. Um, and then, obviously, starting front court with uh, Sticks and Bruno, those will be your starters. You know what those guys can do. We've heard they've developed chemistry. We'll have to see what happens when, when the lights come on. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, those two are your starters. And then beyond that, um, you're just, you're looking at, you're looking at hopefully Bender, Tamayich, and, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, who else is down there? Um, <laughs> um, I guess, I guess Lindo could help fill in. Yeah. But Lindo, Lindo is probably gonna have to play some front court. Um, you're hoping that Daryl Morsell doesn't have to do that again. He can move back to the three, but, um, uh, I don't think I'm, I think those are your main guys, unless I'm missing somebody that, <laughs> So, off of what you just said, development seems to be key for this team to really be able to compete big time. Do you think they're finally really starting to get get guys to step up, take that next step? Because over the past years, I really haven't seen it. You guys, guys like Smotrich, who every once in a while you would see, could hit a three, could do something, but never was consistent. Tomajic has to be consistent, is what it sounds like. Oh, sure, sure. That, that, that's, the, that's the key with all these guys. It's just consistency and staying injury-free and all that stuff. I mean, you're, we're, we're talking about they're going to be starting, it looks like, three freshmen. So, you know, there's going to be games where those guys are – those guys might be off. So, you know, we'll see. It's, it's all going to be about consistency for those guys. Al is going to be fine up at the top there. Um, you know, I think Bruno's – from what we've heard, Bruno's really developed, and so he's probably going to be fine night in, night out, as long as he can control his emotions and – things like that and scatter foul trouble but the other guys it's just it's just a matter of staying consistent i mean jalen smith against a team like you know late in this exhibition game or delaware he's probably going to go off for 20 and 15 or something like that people are going to be like oh my God. but then we're going to see what happens when they play eva in the acc big 10 challenge and we'll see what happens you know when they you know if he can consistently do that um that, that's going to be the key whether they can keep it up throughout the whole season so well, speaking of the ACC Big Ten Challenge, Virginia is currently ranked in the preseason AP poll number five. That is going to be a huge game for us. And I know I'm asking you for a lot of speculation here, but how do you think that's going to go for us? Oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that's so far away. I mean, both of these teams, you never know what these – I mean, especially early season college basketball. I mean, teams are so much different from – 
from November to, to December to January. I mean, they, these things develop, they go up, they go down, they get hot, they get cold. They're ranked in the top five, and all of a sudden they're out of the top 25 rankings. Uh, Virginia has been pretty consistent year after year. I'd have to think that they're going to be a top five, ten team all year um, just because that's what they do. They play defense, and they wear you down, and they frustrate you, and they win ball games that way. Maybe they don't win in March, but um, playing that way, but that's they're able to win during the regular season. I'd have to say that that's probably going to be a real tough matchup for Maryland, especially with some of the young guys. Um, maybe haven't faced a defense that tough before with that tack line. That's a little different than, than maybe what they're, what, what they're probably used to seeing. So <laughs> that, that, that's probably going to be a pretty tough matchup without having researched it and looked into everything that's there. So. The league this year is not necessarily strong. Do you think Maryland's got a chance to take the title in the regular season this year and possibly make a run in March? Uh, I don't know about the title, but I think they can be top three. I think if things come together and these freshmen play the way that they're supposed to or that they're projected to, then, um, yeah, they can they could be a top three team in the Big Ten. I mean, there's still obviously some good teams up there that are going to be hard to contend with. Um, you know, um, Indiana, Michigan State, you know, I mean, these, these are the mainstays that, that are always going to be in there um, that are, that are, that are going to be up there that have um, probably a little more experience and Maryland has that are probably going to be picked ahead of them. Um, but I think Maryland, if things break correctly and, you know, um, you know, the, the Georgia makes the right in-game adjustments and um, these guys develop, they could be top three in this league. There's no doubt. And, yeah, I think that they can, they can make a run in March. This is the year they got to get it done. they got to get back into March. Um, and not, we're not talking NIT. they got to get back into the dance. And I think that they have a pretty good shot to do that, um, given, you know, it's, I think it's probably a, Top heavy, just what it looks like right now. They can probably beat up on some of the the lower teams in the Big Ten and uh, establish themselves as a top top three to five in the Big Ten, and that's going to get you to the dance probably if if that comes together. All right, Dave. One more question: Who do you think is going to be the best player on the team at the end of the year for us? Uh, Bruno Fernando, probably. Um, you know, he's just he, from you know developing his jump shot to his his defense and rebounding, what he can do all around. Um, I think he really helped himself by coming back because I think that he he could be a he could be a top pick next year. Maybe not like I mean it depends how how well he does to stay whether it's a lottery pick or not. But um, I think that he he probably can move himself up there um, into the first round and maybe even higher into that lottery. And continues to continues to um, you know to, to develop his his touch and off game and is consistent night after night in terms of his ability to score and what he's able to do, um, you know, expanding his arsenal from an offensive standpoint because he's already got it defensively. All right, Dave, we thank you for coming on. And before you go, tell us where we can find you. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, TerrapinTimes.com and uh, on Twitter at, at, at MD Terrapin Times. Thanks for coming on, Dave. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks a lot. Right. Thanks, Dave. And that was Dave Lamonico from Terrapin Times. And as always... It was fun having Dave on. Yep, Dave has some insights that we sometimes just don't have. I'm happy to see that we're getting an offensive tackle in football. At least it looks like we are because we need some depth up there. Yes, we do. Also, I mean, basketball recruiting, two guys that I really, really like. And I, I know I didn't really get to say this that much during it, but the way that Dave says that both of these guys love to play physical, that's the kind of basketball that I like to see. And hopefully they'll continue with that fire and just being able to really get intense during the games when they come to College Park. 
Well, basketball is turning into a shooting, motion-based sport, but the Big Ten is still grinded out league. And I think we need to add some grinders with our team, and hopefully those guys can bring that. Yep. Um, as always, we would like to thank our sponsors on the podcast, Viner Four Gates in Rockville. For all your IT needs, Viner Four Gates is the place to go. You can visit them on the web at vinerfourgates.com or give them a call at 301-251-2900 for all your IT solutions and website needs. Ally Party Rentals, they're your number one place to go for all your party needs, including flooring, speakers, lighting, linens, china. They got it all. When you're talking parties, you're talking Allied. Allied Party Rentals, you can visit them on the web at www.alliedpartyrentals.com. And the newest sponsor of the Young Turfs podcast, Maryland Eurocars. When I look to buy something, I always look at the reviews. And Maryland Eurocars is five-star rated on Google and Yelp. That is impressive to do for an auto repair shop. But Christian and the guys, they get it done. They do everything right. Servicing BMWs, Mercedes, Audis, or any other European make, MD Eurocars is the place to go. Jordan, any last words? Go Terps, beat Illinois, and I'm really looking forward to basketball season. As am I, but hey, it's still football season. We're still playing real games. Let's go out, get that fifth win. One more step towards bowl eligibility. Got to get it done. Got to get back to playing the way that we know we can and just get it done Saturday. Then we can worry about the rest of the season, but you got to win this one if you want to get to six wins this year. That's all I have to say on this episode. Again, we thank Dave LaMonica for coming on. And one more quick thing before I sign off. Shout out to all the fans that say hi at the games. I love seeing you guys. And this podcast has just taken off And recently. We're starting to get listeners all the way down in Texas, California, Florida. I see you guys all out there listening, and I just want to thank you for listening. But, of course, most of our fans are right here in Maryland, and I kind of like it that way. So go Terps. Love it when you see you out there, and let's get bowl eligible, or at least closer, because I'm getting nervous here. And as always, thanks for listening.